Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. We do honor people for a certain period right up until we don't honor them anymore. And it's this like... I'm going to love you, and you're amazing, and I've got your poster on my wall right up until I hate you, and now I'm telling everybody how bad you are. That's the culture we are, and it's almost like, rather don't honor me, because I don't want to be on the other end of that stick. But it's not biblical honor, and it's not godly honor, and honor's not just a nicety. It's, it's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. It has to be part of who we are as people, uh, as believers, and it has to be part uh, of our church. Um, so as we unpack this today, um, really ask the Lord to correct your heart. If you didn't come to church today to change, you're wasting an opportunity. If you just came to listen to something so that you can warm up for your Sunday lunch, you, you're missing. And, and also I was thinking as I was sitting there, this right here, this is not the main part of the service. The main part of the service already passed. It was worship. What could be greater than connecting and realizing and understanding our heavenly Father and the creator of the universe. If we could capture that, I mean, we've, everything else falls into place. So I'm, I'm grateful that this is a place that we can, we can call home. By honoring one another, you are saying that you see great value in them. Do people feel like you see great value in them? Those around you, what about the, the checkout person or the person, uh, the, the, you know, at the restaurant or uh, any of you who've been to Mod Pizza, right? Those guys there who are making your pizza instead of just like, uh, yes, more cheese. Uh, uh, more cheese. No, no, more cheese. When you leave, do they feel honored? Do they feel like, wow, that was something different because you weren't just concerned about ordering your pizza and making sure that you got it? I said no tomorrow. What's wrong with you? Now, I wish that I could tell you that this sermon that I'm about to preach to you, I have nailed it like you can't believe. I'm just such a man of honor, and I live with such honor. But I, I, have, I have failed at this many times. There have been many people that I've disrespected. Uh, there's been many older people that I did not treat with honor. There's been people that I honored right up until they did something wrong and offended me or whatever it is. I've, I've done all those things. So I, I feel like I have every right to preach this. Because I'm not just saying this to you. This is for all of us uh, uh, to live by. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Um, what about our, our president, right? When, you, when somebody texts you a video of him going, Do we get to skirt around God's word because it's of a different party or... You know, whatever that, that might be, this is where we've got to have a reset. And Jesus has to come above our politics and above our preferences and, and all of these things. And what Scripture says is to pray for our leaders. And listen, I'm, I'm once again, this is not me standing up here saying, you bad people. This is saying we, as a church, we need to have a refresher on, on who God has called us to be before everything else. Listen to this incredible story. So uh, David, right? The same David from David and Goliath. 
Saul was so excited about this guy, right up until he wanted to kill him, right? Sounds like, sounds like life. Anyway, so, so David escapes and he goes to live in the caves. Now Saul, and, and that's where we get to in this, this story. So you must understand this. Saul has been anointed as king by God, and now he's after David to kill him. These are not nursery rhymes. This is, this is real accounts of history that has been recorded for us to glean from and to apply to our lives. And many of us can honor, and we can be kind, and we can be right up until the, the, the point that somebody's made us angry or offended us or hurt us, whatever it is, and then we've, we've flipped to the other side. And Scripture says, even the Pharisees love those that love them, or even the sinners love those that love them. Loving those who don't love you, that's Christianity. That's godly love. The worst people that you can imagine love people who love them or who are kind to them. We have to be different. And this is not something that we can do in ourselves. And this is what we have been uh, talking about with spiritual gifts. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do this. When somebody takes your, 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 your coat and Scripture says give them your shirt too, that's not normal. No, no, we've got fences, and we have a Texas law that says, you come on my property, you're going to meet Jesus or the devil, but that's your choice. <laughs> now, I'm not saying don't protect, you know, we're not getting into that whole philosophical thing. I'm just saying we have to also consider these things. So listen to this. So after Saul returned from fighting the, the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of Engedi. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all of Israel and went in search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. Was he trying to throw him a surprise party? When you round up 3,000 of the most elite men, you are going there to do damage. It was known that he wanted to kill David. And those goats, they now live at Milk and Honey Ranch. <laughs> Still wild. <laughs> at the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. Next slide. I'd like to thank Sherman for sponsoring the next part of this sermon. Whenever you need to take a dump in a cave, Sherman Ultra. And now back to the sermon. <laughs> now there are plenty of caves. Don't you love scripture? You're reading the story. And Saul is going to relieve himself in the cave. Like why capture that? Because it's really important. So David and his men are hiding in the same cave that Saul went into. So there must have been a lot of caves because otherwise he wouldn't have known exactly where he was. But wherever they were hiding wasn't where Saul thought they went because here he is completely vulnerable. Sometimes we misjudge a situation so badly because of our own agenda and our own need for retribution and revenge and anger and whatever it might be. Let me bring it a little bit closer to home. What if President Biden passed away? I tell you what, there would be scores and scores and scores and scores of Christians saying that was God's will. And you might be wrong. You hear what I'm saying? We, we are so quick 
to think that we know the outcome. And I'm going to show you this is exactly what happens here. But honor helps us sometimes to decipher between two things that we might, we might think this is right. It really looks like God is delivering Saul right into David's hands. I mean, he's completely vulnerable. His pants are down. He's in a cave. And they are right there. And his men say this to him. Now is your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power. They prophesying now. You have to be so careful when you allow somebody to speak something into your life that contradicts the convictions that God has put into your heart. It seems like they are right. And David had taken many lives. It's not like he was, he, you know, he, he, he didn't know how to do this. Who's with me? But something happens here, and this is so powerful, and I, and I pray that you catch this, because no matter what's going on in government, no matter what's going on in our life, your boss, your whatever it is, nobody is physically coming after you, well, that I know of, with 3,000 men trying to kill you personally. Yeah, but you don't know what he did. Listen to this. It's, it's, it's incredible. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. That's the equivalent today of keying somebody's car. <laughs> but then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to them, the Lord forbid that I do this to my Lord, the king. Listen to this man's honor. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. Oh, this is convicting in the most beautiful way. You know, we read scripture that God puts kings in place, but do we believe it? I'm not saying that the election wasn't rigged or any of these things or all these things going on, but at some point we have to say, God, you are in control, and, and you are the one in authority, and I'm going to choose to honor you. Right? Some, something has to, we have to live by God's calling and God's word above all of these other things that are going on. And, and, and that's starting at the top, and then you just flow it down to the, the, the things going on in, in our lives. Listen how he talks about a man who's trying to kill him. He's having to live in a cave because of this man. You might have lost your job because of something that somebody did or uh, whatever it might be. Listen to the honor that is given. Now, honor doesn't make it okay what Saul was doing. But he's honoring God in honoring him. You know who else did that? Joseph. Joseph was made a slave by a man who Joseph was honoring when his wife tried to come on, uh, come on him. You with me? How could I do this and do this to my God? Come on. We have to live with honor. And where is our honor today? In this, in this cancel culture, it's, it's unbelievable. Somebody could have cured cancer and done so much good and saved millions of lives and we look in their past and say, yes, but when you were 12, you, you said a racist remark and therefore you are done. 
It is so stupid. But the worst part is we do it in the church as well. Here's here's what's crazy about church culture, right? We can say to somebody who's like in prison, who's murdered people and all of that, like there's forgiveness for you at the cross. Like God loves you. He forgives you. He forgives your mistakes. He forgives the fact that you robbed that store. What? Four times. Yes, four times. You know, those four stores there, he forgives it. But then, Pastor Arthur, he hurt my feelings. What happened to all the forgiveness from the cross and, and all of this stuff? It's like we welcome people into the church and God can forgive them. But heaven help you if you make another mistake while you're here. You don't understand. He hurt my feelings. Is anybody listening to me? My feelings were hurt. He took his Yeezys and he walked right over my feelings. How long was he your pastor? 10 years. He baptized you. He, he, he was at the hospital for your kids. He was all of that. And now you're leaving the church because he hurt your feelings. One time after 10 years of, of ministering to you. Do you hear how stupid this is? And the churches are full of this. And it's all over the world because it's, it's a sin condition in our own hearts. But honor allows me to be like David. That even if something just went on, I don't throw out every good thing because of this one thing. And then we immortalize somebody in their last moment. Oh, did you hear what that person did? How long ago was that? Seven years ago. You don't think that changed in seven years? What did you do seven years ago? This culture has to change. And that cancel culture, I think, was in the church before it spread all over. We just put it under a religious sounding name. Oh, I'm going to love you right up until I get rocks out of my bag and kill you. (laughs) I'm not saying that we excuse sin. No, don't don't confuse what I'm saying. He wasn't excusing the fact that, that Saul was trying to kill him. Didn't come out and say, here I am. No, he was trying to live. But we can deal with sin in an honoring way. And blasting somebody's sin all over Facebook is not an honoring way. An honoring way. We come to them in private. We talk things out with them. We reckon, and most times, we both come away changed. Because many times the situation is not what I think it was or what I've been told. Or Remember, gossip is not part of who we are. Remember that? That's the next shirt Ali's going to buy me. Stop gossiping. We have to live with honor. It's, it's, it's a powerful force that, that brings God into our situation and allows things to be transformed. Are you thinking of times where you have acted in a dishonoring way? Don't let condemnation come. But offer that to God and say, God, please help me to be better. My wife is such an honoring woman. I have made many, many mistakes. And yet she never holds me to to any of them. Never once in a fight has she ever said, but five years ago you did this. Because she would be right. But what does that help me today? When we make a mistake and when we sin, we pay our own price for that sin. We don't need other people heaping on top of that. We're paying our own price. 
But it's Jesus who forgives us. And we are called to lift one another up. I think there's a lot of people that could have been restored if we had used mercy and honor and not thrown out every good thing that they'd ever done because of one mistake that they had made. What a man David was. I haven't been tested in that way. I haven't had 3,000 men trying to kill me. And I was hiding in a porta potty and the guy came in. That's never happened. <laughs> Here's another thing. You can't say that you have a real relationship until you've had a disagreement and an argument and a fight. It's crazy, especially in the church. It's like, oh, I love you, brother. I love you. Love you, love you, love you. And then I upset you. I don't love you. I'm, I'm leaving. What happened to love? No, you know, it's, you've, you've done this or you've offended me. Or We can't have a real relationship until we've tussled. So don't be scared of a tussle. Don't be scared of conflict. Embrace it and let's come out better together. Don't run away when conflict happens or you're never going to survive at this church and you're never going to survive any meaningful friendship. I remember we, we, we met some people in, in Aspen and they were great. They were great. And uh, we had so much fun with these guys and, and, and then one day we showed up like 30 minutes late to a dinner that they had put on for us because we had a, a, a flat a flat tire, huh? Something had happened with that tire. And they said, if you don't respect our time, you don't respect us. And that was the end of the friendship. And we were like, whoa, welcome to America. <laughs> now, people haven't been like that. But I've seen that in the church more than I've seen that in the world. Honestly. I've seen people just waiting. It's, it's like they've got that little yellow thing on the football. And they just they can't wait to whip that thing out their little flag. They're just waiting and they're all over. They're professional flag throwers. Down. Fault. Did you hear that? He misquoted the scripture. He said the wrong verse. Get him out. He said Jacob instead of Joseph. Heresy. David said, I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one. Who is the Lord's anointed one? Everybody with the Holy Spirit in them. But we don't see each other like that. Pastor Arthur is the Lord's anointed one. Pastor Baba is the Lord's anointed one. But so is Emma. And so is Dina. Right? So is Daniela and Jordi and my mom and you. You have the Holy Spirit. You are the Lord's anointed one. And, and if we could see that in each other. We are the Lord's anointed one that some days have very bad days. It doesn't mean that now heaven's like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. God's like rubbing his head like, oh, Don, I put my spirit inside of that guy. Oh, now what? <laughs> and please, once again, don't take this as a license to sin and that we don't care about those things. Sin has a very real consequence. But it doesn't need us kicking each other when, when we're down. Let's lift each other up and restore each other so that we can go even higher. 
We're scared for people to know our flaws because especially in the church, we, we, we then say, oh, that person's a this. <gasps> you got a divorce. Your name shall now be divorce, right? In your loop profile. Please put that in brackets so that we know that about you. So we can hold you to that. But to the guy coming from prison, oh, he washes all your sins away. As far as the east is from the west. Come on. Which one is it? Okay, Romans 12, verse 9 to 12. This is, I was laughing already before I even got to preach this. The Bible's just so amazing. Don't just pretend to love, one each, to love each other. Don't just pretend to love each other. Why would he say that? Love you, brother, and love you. I love all of you. You're like my family, right up until you're my enemy. Don't just pretend to love each other. We have got so good at church talk and all the things and the hugs and all of that. And, and hugs and that are wonderful, but make sure you mean them. And if you don't mean them, let's wrestle things out. I, I can give you a prophecy. I'm going to offend you at some point. And I might not even know that, that I offend you. Do you know, when I got the McLaren, which was a gift, okay? My brother bought me the McLaren when um, uh, we sold the company. And uh, to thank me for 10 years of burning the candle at both ends. When I told the church that I got the McLaren as a gift at a church that I didn't take a salary from, they, people left the church. Because they did not think that a man of God should have a McLaren that came as a gift. Come on. And you might say, oh, that's crazy. You might be like, yeah, actually, that's right. <laughs> You've got to take that to the Lord. Because if that's what it takes to offend you out of somebody, let me tell you what, the heinous side of sin and pulling people out of sin is far uglier than that. What is it going to take to offend you? What is it going to take to upset you? Now, it doesn't mean we can't be frustrated and offended, but it means that I, I love you enough that we can get together and talk things out. Otherwise, we've got a fake relationship if it's always, <gasps> some days I'm mad and, and, I, and I need somebody to talk to about it. That's okay. But it's when I draw the line to say like, that's done. That's when Satan wins. When I don't honor you enough to come to you to say, hey, man, I'm a little upset about this. Can we talk through this, this thing? That's not honor. And I pretend it's not even there, and I'd rather just ignore you. And I unfollow you on loop, and I'll know. <laughs> really love them, Scripture says. Don't just pretend. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. There you go. Don't just accept what's wrong. Hate what is wrong. Don't hate the person. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Can somebody explain affection to me? Affection has to be a physical thing. You can't show somebody affection and never touch them or give them something or interact with them. Love them with genuine affection. It's got to be more than words. 
Words are easy. Words have an impact. Encouragement can be unbelievable to somebody who's, who's struggling. But you've got to show affection. Isn't this good? And take delight in honoring each other. Like, we have got a channel on loop called Member Highlight that's made there for you to be able to post about somebody else in the church. can be anybody. And everybody has permissions in that channel to go and post about somebody, to just say, hey, this person, I just want to honor them. It's a godly thing. It's not just blowing smoke. It, it, it literally is bringing heaven into our circumstances and our situation. And you have no idea the impact that that could make to that person's life. Because all the time we have the enemy ministering to our minds that we are useless, we are worthless, we are sinners, right? We fall short. All the time, he's, we, we, we got these attacks going on that we have to fight. And then you have somebody who just honors us and does something or puts their arm around you and says, I'm so glad you're here today or shows up at your door with, with a gift or buys you a shirt or whatever that is. These little things that can make a huge difference. But here we have a command. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and delight in honoring each other. When we are so self-focused, we don't honor others because we're just thinking about what we want, what we need, and what those people didn't do for me. If somebody doesn't do something for you that you want, go ahead and do it for somebody else and enjoy it. I love to make people smile and laugh and, and have a wow moment. It, 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 it brings me so much joy. If you don't have anybody to make laugh, for me, like, that, that's a miserable day. But I need other people to do that. I can't just be by myself and just make myself laugh. It's not nearly as fun. <laughs> what is the gift that you have, and how do you honor others with it? My, my little niece with her phone, she uses her phone to send out texts, multiple texts every week, just encouraging people. And she's, how old is she? 13? 14. And she texts the pastors and she texts people. And sometimes I'll get a text about what a great uncle I am. And, and that's what she used, you know, she's just sending these texts, honoring people. On, and she's got like several pastors on her, on her text thread and that's just such a simple way. Everybody can do something. But do you delight in honoring others? Lord, please, help me to not be so selfish that I'm just thinking about myself, that I wake up in the day and I say, Lord, who can I bless today? Who can I honor? Who can I encourage? And there are plenty of reasons to honor. Daniela's dad by all sense of the word, was not a good man. But when we were living overseas, we constantly spoke. I said, you can't have any regrets when he passes away. Because Scripture says to honor your mother and your father, and we'll, and we'll read that now. So you can't get around that. Honor your mother and father, except if it's a really bad father. Then you don't have to. Now, I'm not saying I would send her there to like set up shop and like, Dad, you're the best dad ever. That's a lie. Don't say lie to honor somebody, 
but you can find a way to honor them. Don't give them the card that says best dad in the world on Father's Day. Because it's not true. But you can find something. Dad, I wouldn't be who I was today. You know, I've learned this from you, even if it's something small. You with me? We have to find a way, because Scripture is always true. We can't excuse Scripture. That's happened way too much, especially with forgiveness. Yes, I believe in forgiveness, just I don't believe in forgiving that person. (laughs) It takes courage sometimes to honor somebody. And uh, we have a special thing that has never happened in this church before. Uh, Somebody is going to come and honor somebody for the first time in this capacity, in their life. Are you ready for that moment? Over to you. The suspense. Uh, A year and a half ago, Mary and I found this church. And um, the Velocity Church has just become our happy place. And we look forward to coming to church every Sunday and hearing Pastor Arthur and Bubba and Brent give us the word, fill our spirit, our hearts, our souls, and fill up our tank, as Pastor Arthur says. And strengthening strengthening my relationship with Jesus has been unbelievable, and I do it more and more every day, and I'm so grateful for that. But what I'm more grateful for is that I get to walk this journey of faith with the most wonderful man I know. He's a man of God. And serving Jesus is his priority in life. Someone once said that a perfect man is a man that loves God more than his wife. And I have that man. Love you. Now, you may not know how hard and brave that was for Ellie to get up and do. This was her number one fear, to get up and speak in front of others. But the opportunity to honor her husband was greater than her own personal fear. Let's give her another hand. Well done. Well done. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it because many people were impacted by what she said and her husband. It's always worth it to honor, to take the opportunity. We, are, we can all consume our days with our own problems. David was, he had some real problems living in a cave, being hunted, and yet he took the time to display to his men, this is not the way to do it. 
And to my kids, I've not always given the best example. I've said many uh, negative things about leaders, you're right, in government and, and all of those things. And I've not always upheld what God has called us to, to be. And I'm sorry for that. Because God's way works. Our way does not work. God's way can, can miraculously turn a situation around. Our way can't. We just get human efforts and human results. Right? Honor carries rewards. Listen to this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything that you produce. Then He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. It carries results. Honor causes something. And that's not just give, oh, here you go. I've got to write this check again. Can't believe it's month end again. These guys just want my money. No. Honor God with your wealth. Give to God and do it with joy. Do it in an honoring way. Lord, thank you for, for what you've given me. Lord, I want to honor you. I want to bless you in worship. Don't think about, oh, I don't like this song. Why are they always singing this song? Honor God with your worship and watch what he does. Maybe God likes that song. <laughs> Deuteronomy 5.17, honor your father and your mother as the Lord has commanded you. Then you will live a long life, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This carries such weight about honoring your parents. And all the parents said, <laughs> my mom beat that into us. Honor me. No, I'm joking. Oh, just teasing, relax. I'll read again. Honor means to demonstrate high respect or great esteem for someone. Honor's less to do what they've done, and it's more a choice that I'm making to give you. Well, they don't deserve it. I'm not asking if they deserve it. We have a, a, a command here to honor each other because God deserves it. I honor you because this is what the one who deserves all the honor has asked for me to do. Amen? First Peter 2.17 Honor everyone. Who? Everyone. Don, I thought it was just my neighbor, not my neighbor's neighbor. Everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Who's that? Who's the emperor of this country? What's his name? Joe Biden. My wife's stressing. Don't pull that face. This is not a political message. I hope you understand that. This is a correction message starting with my own heart. We have to honor. Because next, I don't care what party you, you belong to. Please just honor God first above your, your politics. 
But there's no skirting around that we are to pray for our leaders and we are to honor the emperor. Some, and, 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 and Baba's so good at researching all of this, but from what I could tell, at the writing of this, I think Nero was, was the one in, in, in place. And you go look up some of the stuff that Nero did to the Christians, and they're saying to honor a man who is slaughtering and murdering and, you know, setting on fire and doing all of these things. And he's saying, honor the emperor. Then we have no excuse. Because it's about God being glorified in a situation and giving him what he, he asked for. What could you possibly honor about Nero? Well, they found a way. Even on their way to death, they didn't go kicking and screaming and, and cussing. And I hope you go to hell, right? None of that. We've, we've said that for far less. Somebody just cut in front of us at Starbucks. <laughs> I saw them at church. They clearly not saved. First Timothy 5.17 Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Well, Brent, that's a little self-serving. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Pastor Arthur when I put this down. Double honor. What does double honor mean? We are called to honor everybody, but to double honor those who are faithful in this ministry. That means when you get offended and hurt and stuff like that, you best take it to the Lord and get good counsel before you let the devil steal something that God has been preparing for a long time. Double honor. Double honor. This is not, we are not in this culture right now. Everybody with a keyboard thinks that they now are the, the, the spokesperson for the world. Sure, let us, let us be salt and light. Man, we've, we've embarrassed ourselves on, on, on social platforms. Whew. Arguing and fighting and attacking one another. and We're just looking. We, we're just like political campaigners. We're just looking to find some dirt on somebody so that we can now cancel out what they're saying now because of something that they said then. That's not who we are called to be. We are called to be peacemakers to honor one another, love each other, show affection. Yo, things would look different. This world would look different, but guess what? It can, and it can start right here at Velocity Church in Brenham, Texas. It can start right here. In fact, it can start right in your home because you can't control what anybody else does, but you can control what you do. And ask God to help you when you can't control yourself. Please, Lord. Please. Now finish with this, Acts 20, 35. In all things, I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Don't worry about receiving honor. You be concerned about giving honor. And that's for everybody, from leadership all the way down. And we make this beautiful circle of honor just going everywhere. And you know who's honored in doing that? God. When my kids are good to each other, it's like they're doing it to me. Right? I'm so happy when they treat each other well. 
And that is how God is with us. When we honor each other, take care of each other and meet the needs and pick one another up, it's like we are doing it unto Him. And that's, that's what Scripture says. When did we feed you? When did we visit you in prison? Well, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.